Wow. That was good. Thank you so much, crew. Um, it was like multiple songs in that last song. Did anybody notice that? Is that like a medley, like a song medley? I kind of trailed. I was thinking about vegetables and it's like vegetable medley. That's what that is. Corn, peas. I know. Sorry. I have problems. Um, isn't God good? You guys doing good? Have a good summer so far? Get the kids into school? Are the parents like you guys recovering now? It was kind of, it was tough, right? I always talk to every parent. They're always like, man, the last few weeks it gets a little squirrely, right? I think we should buy boxing gloves by the end of the summer, but anyways. All right, well, a couple weeks ago um, I, I preached and I, we kind of opened up with the topic, if everybody remembers, it was WWJD. Do you guys remember that? Do you remember what that meant? What would Jesus do? Good. Um, we opened up with that. We kind of gave the history of it, uh, t- talked about how it was uh, through Charles Spurgeon was the first one, at least that they can, they can say came up with it. Then it went to Sheldon's book, and then it started at a youth group up in Michigan, and they kind of spread, and it was a kind of a phenomenon in the 90s, like everybody was talking about it. Um, but we opened up with that. We kind of covered some of that, and I would say for years, I believed that um, in order for me to be spiritually mature, in order for me to be growing spiritually, I had to be doing a lot of the things that Jesus said, right? And so I would take, we went through Matthew 5, if y'all remember, we went through Matthew 5, um, and we kind of broke it down, and I would memorize it, and I would quote it to myself. I remember getting together with friends, and we would go through Matthew 5, and um, nothing wrong with Matthew 5. I think Matthew 5 is, is phenomenal. Um, but I will say that the, the part that I, I didn't fully understand is the covenant that Jesus was operating was the old covenant when Jesus was here on the earth, right? The, the, the new covenant had not come yet. And, I, and not only that, he was teaching under the old covenant. And he was also, the people that he was speaking to, they were also operating under the old covenant. So everything that he was talking to, he was relating to them through that. Um, one of the main verses that we used, uh, we're, we're, I'm just going to read it. Um, we're not going to use it too much today, but Matthew 5, 17, it's in the New Living. It says, don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. All right, Matthew 5, if y'all remember, it, I, I told you it wasn't really a motivational message, right? It wasn't like Jesus had the, the book, the little engine that could, and he was reading through it, and he was telling us, I think you can, I think you can, I think you can, right? It wasn't a, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me type of message in Matthew 5. In fact, it was a, you never will do all of these things. He was constantly stepping up the bar to let them know, You're nev- you never will. And that's why he said, I came to accomplish the law. Right? Because mankind didn't have the capacity, they didn't have the capability, they didn't have the tenacity, uh, however you'd like to say it, it was impossible for man to fulfill the law. That's why he said he had to fulfill the law. So my question today is if we can't do all the things that he said, I still have the, the remaining question is, do we do what Jesus did? Right? That's D-W-D-W-J-D. I thought that was a little 
extensive. So uh, I, I, I got to thinking about it. Like, if we're to do what Jesus did, we probably should know what did Jesus do? W-D-J-D. What did Jesus do? Okay. Um, now, for those that think that Jesus came to be an example to us as a role model, right? I'm not going to completely take that away from you, but we are going to talk about it because you might actually be surprised at some of the things that Jesus did while he was here on the earth. Um, let me explain. All right. In this world, there are two different types of people, okay? Two types. I know you're thinking, well, Matt, you're really putting us in a box. I'll show you. Two different types of people. All right. There are rule followers, right? Where's my rule followers at? Let me see my hands, right? Come on. Rule followers. Let's be honest. Yep. Okay. All right. You can put your hand down. I'm looking around. to See, this is helpful to me to know who you are and what you're about, <laughs> right? Then there are the not-so-rule followers. Let me see your hands this morning. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Now, what's interesting, I didn't point it out too much. I'm not going to point it out too much today. But usually it's a husband and wife that you got one that's the rule follower, one that's not the rule follower, right? I don't know if it was like during the dating scene. They're like, man, this person really needs some rules in their life. I probably should marry them. Or the guy's like, man, I really need some rules in my life. I should probably marry her or him, right? Um, if you don't believe me, oh, and also those that didn't raise your hand, you also fall into the camp of a rule follower, or a not a rule follower, because you didn't follow the rules, right? And you might be like, well, that's circumstantial, Matt. No, you're still not a rule follower if you're saying it's circumstantial, okay? I hate to tell you. You're breaking some rules. All right. So, I'll explain. Uh, Gabe, if you guys don't know Gabe, he works back there with the middle school and high school. Um, Gabe and I, uh, we, we were going to Home Depot maybe a month ago, and we're walking towards the front of the building, okay? And if you don't know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, all these places, they actually have an entrance and an exit. There's an entrance that says enter, and then there's another sign that says exit, okay? And it's right underneath the doors and all that. All right, so I know at this particular Home Depot that there is a rental store that we need to rent something right through the exit to the left, okay? So I'm walking to the front, and Gabe's right next to me, and I can feel his body trying to move me towards the entrance, <laughs> right? I can feel it. He's not saying anything. I can just, he's like, ah, oh, he's getting tighter, and he's nervous. And I said, Gabe, where are you going? We got to get to the rental store. And he's like, but it says exit, Matt, <laughs> right? And I said, I know, but the quickest way is to get through the exit where everybody else goes, and we're just going to get in there to the rental store. And he's like, okay, all right, okay, all right. I said, and I put my arm around him. I said, this is why we're friends, Gabe. This is it right here, man. Like, God put you in my life so I can help you break this rule specifically, right? Um, but there are people that lean towards the rule following and some that are not so. So truth be told, okay, I know this is going to shock you. Please don't be mad at me. Don't stone me. Um, Jesus wasn't the greatest rule follower, okay? He wasn't the greatest rule follower. Now, this isn't something we're going to teach in Sunday school with the kids, just in case you're wondering. You will not hear this topic very often in there. Maybe Leslie, I don't know. She might try. Um, but most people have a picture in their head of Jesus. Would you agree? Like, I actually grew up with Catholic grandparents, and uh, there was this picture, Jesus was shining, and I was like, 
oh, that's what Jesus looks like, right? I actually have a picture kind of similar, right? This is what I'm calling the rule follower Jesus, okay? Not mocking Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, uh, I don't know if that's what he looks like, but this is what I grew up with the image in my mind, okay? Then there's the not-so-rule follower Jesus. There we go. All right, so this, what I know about this painting is not a whole lot, but it stood out to me. Uh, the artist is Zoe Mercado. I don't know a whole lot about her, but this is um, the not-so-rule follower. Now, we're going to hop back and forth. Now, go back to the original. Okay, this is the, let me pray for you, Jesus. All right, let me pray for you. All right, go back. This is the, I came to bring a sword, Jesus. Okay, we're going to go back. Here we go. This is the preaching in the synagogues and churches, Jesus. This is the chilling at Matthew's house where the beat don't stop, Jesus. All right? This is the let this cup pass from me, Jesus. This is the hold my wine, I got this, Jesus. All right? Are we getting the picture? I'll, I'll give you an example, okay? I'm just going to give you a small example. I can't prove this. Some of you guys are going to go study it after church. Forgive me. I'm just going out. I'm stepping on a limb on this. Jesus, in his adolescent years, uh, actually ran away from home. You might think, well, Jesus got lost in the city. His parents just weren't paying that close attention. If you think about it, when Joseph and Mary caught up to Jesus, Jesus turns around and he says, I'm about my father's business, right? Uh, If you were to lose your children, put yourself in the shoes, you know you would have grabbed their ear and walked back to the donkey and put Jesus on the donkey, right? You don't talk to me that way, and I guarantee Joseph probably did that. They left that part out. Did he run away from home? Just putting it out there. Study it yourself. I can get in trouble for it. We can meet up for coffee. Talk about it. If you still believe that Jesus is a rule follower, the only way to know is to ask the question, what did Jesus do? Okay, so what did Jesus do? The first thing that I see here in Matthew is Jesus denounced authority. Okay, Jesus denounced authority. Matthew 23, 23 through 24, it says, Great sorrow awaits for you religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds and pretenders. That's not very nice, I don't think, right? For you are obsessed with the peripheral issues like insisting on paying meticulous tithes on the smallest herbs that grow in your gardens. Now, this was like uh, dill and cumin and gives all sorts of specifics and other translations. I didn't think it was necessary. But the... It says, these matters are fine, yet you ignore the most important duties of all, to walk in the love of God, to display mercy to others, and to live with integrity. Readjust your values and place first things first. Verse 24, it says, what blind guides, guides, nitpickers, you will spoon out a gnat from your drink, yet at the same time, you've gulped down a camel without realizing it. I don't know what he's saying there, but I know it's bad, okay? And I'd encourage you to go read back that whole chapter. If you read it in the Passion Translation, it was, it was amazing. I'm like, I can't read it all. But Jesus denounced the religious rulers, right? Because they, in, they heaped impossible tasks. That's all they did was they just came up with more rules and how can we make it to the point where nobody can really even live up to these things, right? And, and I would say to even attempt to become or to follow these rules, you had to like give up everything and become a Pharisee. There would be no normal people of that day if they were to actually try and follow all of the rules that the Pharisees had added to, all right? 
Um, In denouncing the religious rulers, he deliberately set himself up against them so that he could teach and demonstrate a better way. Jesus had a plan, okay? He wasn't just being rebellious to be rebellious. Um, He actually was doing it so that he could tell them and show them, no, it's not all about following the rules. It's actually about following this way and seeing things in this perspective. Okay, so uh, WDJD, like if we're to... If what, um, do we do what Jesus did? We have to ask the question, what did Jesus do? The second thing I can see is that Jesus touched and healed lepers. Now, if you don't know what lepers are of, the, of that day, they, they were people that had leprosy. They had whole colonies where they separated people and put them into all these, they called them unclean areas and studied it. It's fascinating. But Matthew 8, 2 through 3, in the Passion, it says, suddenly a leper walked up to Jesus and threw himself down before him in worship and said, Lord, you have the power to heal me if you really want to. Verse 3, it says, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the leper. Now, my question is, you can keep that scripture up, but why did Jesus touch the leper, right? Why did he touch the leper? Because if you look back, like when he was with the, um, he was walking through, and then remember he ran into the centurion, and the centurion had the sick servant, and Jesus was about to go head to his house, and he said, no, no, he said, don't worry about it. He said, I, be- you know, I know about authority, I understand authority, and he said, all you have to do is speak the word, and my servant will be healed. Okay, he said that, and then, and then Jesus was like flabbergasted at his faith. He was just like blown away that, that this centurion would say that. Now, why didn't that happen with this guy? Like, why did the leper, why didn't, because Jesus knew that this was going to be bad. Like, this wasn't going to end super well. I believe it was because he wanted to show us and the world um, a better way and that he wasn't worried about those things, right? Culturally, Jesus was constantly putting the cart before the horse, right? Because the Pharisees had lined it up to where the horse and the car are proper. But Jesus was constantly saying, no, I don't think that's how it should be. No, I don't see it that way. To show that God was more concerned about people. It said, and uh, let's continue on that verse. It says, and said, of course I want to heal you. And be healed, and instantly all signs of leprosy disappeared. Religion says, get cleaned up, and God will do your miracle right? Like, that's what religion said. That's what I've heard majority of my life. Honestly, if you turn on Facebook or Instagram and you try and follow most people that are talking about God, or you turn on Christian television, uh, which is fine. I'm not going to bash Christian television, but a good portion of people will tell you, do this and you will get this miracle, right? Jesus says, I'll do your miracle whether you're doing all of these things. Touching a leper resulted in becoming unclean. Jesus knew that. Pharisees, right, of this day, they had created somewhat of a Veggie Tales gospel. Does everybody know Veggie Tales, right? Where it's do good, you get this. Do bad, you get this. Anyway, so this was up in Ohio. This was about a week before we moved here, okay, and I was headed out uh, to the mailbox. All right, so I had had this neighbor where the dogs barked a lot. Anybody ever had dogs bark a lot with your neighbors, right? It just happens. I don't know why. But um, they had dogs that barked every weekend, so usually the only time I ever talked to this neighbor was to yell at him about his dogs, okay? Um, or they had parties every single weekend. They were usually just, it was just constant. We had little kids, so it was very bothersome. 
But I remember, like, wrestling with some of these grace, this grace talk, right? Like, just, I was asking God before I moved here, I was like, God, can you help me to see people the way you see them? Like, can you help me to love them the way that you want me to love them, right? And I remember talking with him, he's like, if you can look at them without sin, right, without their sin, then you can love them the way I do, okay? Scripture says that your sin is as far as the east is from the west, and so I was like, okay, let me, go, let, me, let me try this. And I didn't even think about it. I went to the mailbox, and I could tell I was changing. I could tell something had happened. And when I walked out there, I said, hey, how you doing? Like I'd done before many times. And all of a sudden, the guy started talking to me. And I could feel that this guy felt that I wasn't judging him. I know that sounds weird, but I feel like when you understand grace, when you understand his grace towards you, that you when you understand that he loves you without seeing your sin, you're able to love him in that same way. And so I remember this conversation went on for like a half an hour, and I'm like, oh, man, this is, that was so good. It was such a great conversation. And I walked away, and I wasn't, I didn't tell him about Jesus. I didn't pray with him. I didn't talk to him about, like, you know, where the closest church is or anything like that. I walked away, and I remember talking to God about it. I was like, man, I'm so upset. And the thing I was upset about wasn't that I didn't get to talk to him about Jesus, and it wasn't that I didn't get to pray with him, and it wasn't that I didn't get to plant a seed of any kind. I was really just disappointed that I didn't get to have that conversation before. I'm like, I'm moving away in a week, and I'm just now getting to know this person that was next to me. And I think so many times, like, religion and fear and thinking about sin and people's sin and all of that, that prevents you from being able to show God's love the way you should. Because all you can think, well, if I'm around this person and bad company corrupts good character, and I'm sorry that if that's all you're worried about, bad company corrupts good character, nobody's going to know Jesus, right? Nobody's going to know Jesus because nobody has perfect character. And even the religious people, that's who Jesus was after, right? He was saying um, not to worry about those kind of things. Um, not, uh, Jesus didn't disobey rules to be rebellious, but to demonstrate that God's love makes the rules redundant. All right, the third thing I can see is what did Jesus do is Jesus healed on the Sabbath. Matthew 12, 11 through 13, it says, uh, he answered them, if any of you had a lamb that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you reach out your hand and lift it out? Isn't a man much more valuable than a lamb? So, of course, it all, it's always proper to do miracles even on the Sabbath. Then he turned to the man and said, hold out your hand as he stretched it out and restored exactly like the other. Jesus was accused of breaking laws concerning the Sabbath on multiple occasions. But the truth is, Jesus didn't actually break an Old Testa Testament command. So rule followers, just so you know, he didn't break the Old Testament commands, right? He violated the interpretations religious leaders had developed around the biblical commands of keeping the Sabbath day holy. So rules only make sense to rule makers. Did you know that? They really do. Like, if you think about it, like, when you're talking to your kids and you're correcting them, and then you say, because I said so, the hearer is just like, that doesn't make any difference to me whether you said so. I can promise you you're going to have a conversation because I said so. Um, I remember years ago being 
I told you guys how I used to eat the ice cream, the chunky monkey ice cream at soccer games and all that, right? Well, what I didn't tell you about being on that soccer team is I had worked as a lifeguard before that school year had started. I had saved up my money. Uh, my mom helped me to make a really good decision by going to a Christian school that year, right? That's how it worked. It was like I should go to a Christian school. It was good for me. So I started going there. But because of things that were going on at home, I had actually moved out and was living with a neighbor at the time. Okay, I was living across the street from where my parents were, and the teachers and the principal had found this out, and I remember we were about to go to a soccer game, and they had escorted me into the principal's office, okay? Then they sat me down, and they opened up this huge book, and I think it was like Rule 363, okay? It looked like it had been freshly laminated and highlighted and all the other things, right? And it says, Rule 363, if you do not live with your family, then you cannot participate in sports, da 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 da, da right? It just went on and on. And I looked at the principal, and I looked at the teachers, and I said, is this what you guys are saying is going to happen? Like, I'm not going to be able to play sports? So let me tell you, I walked out, and I talked to the pastor, and I said some nice, encouraging words to him about thanking him for removing me from the soccer team. It did not go very well, right? And the reason why I say that is because rules only make sense to the rule makers. So it's not like the Pharisees they weren't these evil people. They just thought that, man, this is what it takes to be closer to God. Um, Jesus pointed out that they were quite willing to save animals on the Sabbath. Therefore, it was quite reasonable to heal someone on that day. All right, so the fourth thing that I see, what did Jesus do, is Jesus didn't condemn. He forgave sin. John 8, 3 through 11, it says, As he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd, okay? Teachers, or teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her, what do you say? Verse 6, it says, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could, they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger, and they kept demanding the answer. You can pause there, but Law demands, demands, and demands, and demands, and demands. And I want to let you know, grace supplies, and it gives, and it gives, and it gives, and it gives. And if you're living out of a place of, man, I've got to do all the right things in order for God to love me, it's a pretty demanding life. But I promise you, if you can learn to live under God's love and his grace for you, you will feel the supply. You will be able to overcome things that you haven't been able to overcome. You will be the person and you will love people in a different way than you ever have before because it's not demanding. So we, let's continue. It says, so he stood up again and said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Technically, Jesus had the right, just so you all know. He had the right to condemn, but instead went against the cultural norm. And I want to let you know, technically, when we want to condemn, we might have the right. We might have the capability. We might have been done wrong, actually. Something had maybe had done, been done wrong to us. But that's not, where, that's not the standard that Jesus was saying. He was breaking that standard. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. 
Condemnation is easy, right? It's very easy to condemn. I used to have a boss that told me, like, if you ever come up behind somebody that you do the same kind of trade or you do the same kind of work, it's so easy to point out the mistakes, right? It's the lazy route to condemn. But it actually takes guts to stand up to religion. It takes guts to stand up to people that have set these laws and these standards and these rules. I kind of compare it to, have you guys ever been on a lazy river? Does anybody know what a lazy river is? Uh, They used to only have it at Wet n Wild and Adventure Island when I was a kid. It seems like people have them in their backyards now. I don't know why, but lazy rivers are just everywhere. Okay, if you don't know what a lazy river is, it's just this little bitty body of water that is like a man-made river and just goes around over and over and over. You sit on tubes and you relax and you enjoy your day, right? And have you ever been those people that you're sitting there on the tube and all of a sudden these kids are going the opposite direction and they're splashing all over you? You're just like, oh my gosh, you're usually yelling at the kids saying, please don't do that, go the right way, right? But those kids, if you've ever noticed, they are having a blast. They are having so much fun, nothing can stop them from that. They are having so much fun going the opposite direction. And I'll tell you, sometimes when, you're not, when you choose not to condemn, when you choose to use grace, right, it will be a party. It will be a blast. You will feel like you've been motivated because you're going the opposite direction. And it does take work, I will say. Sometimes it takes work. It takes work to give grace, but it's so much worth it. It's so worth it. Right? Have you guys ever seen religious people, right? They look like this. <laughs> right? <sighs> right? I don't know. I don't know. I, I used to hear as a kid like how much uh, muscles it takes to frown, right? But that's, that's, that's what I think. Um, I, we actually had somebody, you guys know our, our billboard out on the, on the street, right? We had somebody message this week. Um, and I, I was like, do I respond? Do I not? I don't know. It's pretty harsh. Well, all the things that he said about, he's like, God's not ang- or God is angry, and he went through all the different things, and he was taking all sorts of scriptures and looked like a tornado, right? And I was like, okay, I, do I let this? And I asked the staff, I'm like, what do I do? What do we do? I went to his Facebook, and I looked at his Facebook, and uh, he quoted this scripture that was like, it was like, God is so angry with me and filthy, you know, I'm such a filthy this and this. And it went on and on. And all of his friends were like, are you okay? What's going on? They're like, hey, what's going on? Are you doing okay? Hey. you know." And I remember this one lady was like, are you all right? Whatever his name was. And he goes, yeah, I was just re-quoting a scripture. Right? He responded back, yeah, I was just re-quoting a scripture. I'm like, this poor guy, like he's setting all these people up by just re-quoting these scriptures. And that's not even how God feels about him. That's not how God feels about the world. God loves the world. I remember going to Bible school. I remember being at Bible school, and we paid all this money to go to Bible school. And I remember going to my roommate after the end of the two years, and we, we happened to run into each other. And I was like, so what did you come out with all this? And what did you come out? And we, the only thing that we found was that God loves us. And I was like, why did we go to Bible school? Like, he loves us. That's it. That's what we paid all this money and did all this work and felt the call of God to just come out with he just loves us. The fifth thing I see, what did Jesus do is he hung out with the outcast. He hung out with the outcast. Matthew 9, 10 through 13, it says Jesus went to Matthew's house. Did you notice he didn't go into any other disciple's house except Matthew's house? Must be a pretty cool house, you know. Matthew's house is the place to be is what I would say. It says, and made himself at home, 
Many other tax collectors and outcasts of society were invited to eat with Jesus and his disciples. In other words, Matt knew how to throw some parties. All right? Verse 11 says, When those known as the Pharisees saw what was happening, they were indignant, and they kept asking Jesus' disciples, Why would your master dine with such low lives? When Jesus overheard this, he spoke up and said, Healthy people don't need to see a doctor, but the sick will go for treatment. What did Jesus do? Jesus was sarcastic, y'all. He was sarcastic. He was saying, if you think you're already righteous, then you don't need my help. Right? He was saying, I'm here for the people that recognize that they have problems. For people that have broken rules, right? I'm here. I'm actually here to point that I'm going to break rules for these people. I'm actually going to break your rules so that I can show that I want to be their friend. Verse 13, it says, then he added, now you should go and study the meaning of this verse. That's a pretty bold statement to say to the Pharisees. I don't know if you all realize. Now you should go study what this verse means. I want you to show mercy, not just offer a sacrifice. For I have come to invite the outcasts of society and sinners, not those who think that they are already on the right path. I don't know, I wrote this down, I don't know if it's important, but a religious test that I would do for myself, right? Do I ever get invited to people's parties, right? I know there was a long time where I was not invited to people's parties, right? Because I was the religious guy. I was the guy that they were like, man, he's always, always got to point out something or always got to talk about something. How comfortable do you make people feel when you're with them? Right? Other examples of what, what did Jesus do is he talked to women repeatedly. I know you wouldn't think that that was a big deal, but in their day, it was a big deal to not talk to women. He overturned the money tables at the temple. He was not ritually washing his hands before eating, which I think is gross. I think Jesus probably should have done that. Jesus' Jesus's commitment to nonviolence, right, forgiving people's sin and thus bypassing the temple sacrifice Jesus broke rules to show God's love. So even though I know we could never do what Jesus did, I do believe that Jesus was trying to teach us with his actions, right? What was the overarching theme of what did Jesus do? To me, it was love is greater than law, right? Love is greater than the law. Do we do what Jesus did? If that means taking on the sins of the world, well, that's impossible for us to do. But if that means breaking rules to be able to show God's love, sure, go for it. I don't know what that looks like for you. That doesn't mean just go out and do a bunch of things. Nobody's saying that. But I am telling you, there were some rules I had to break. There have been rules. There still are going to be rules, rules I've set up. How many of you ever set up rules where it's like, I can't do this. I got to be this way because I know God loves me more when I'm doing this. Um, I'm going to close with a story. Uh, I remember I, I was at Taco Bell, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, I was at Taco Bell. We were on lunch break. And I remember uh, talking to my wife. She was actually on her way to an interview. It was a hair salon or whatever. And she was on her way. And uh, there was, uh, y'all know how there's green lights. Everybody knows that, right? And then there's the arrow that's a green as well. 
well, you know how the green light goes to nothing, right? Like it goes to nothing, but you can, you can do the option if you still want to turn left. Um, well, I think she just still, she was on the phone with me. I think she just still saw the green light, and she turns left, and I, I mean, she's talking to me, so I can hear, she screams, and then, right? No, nothing on the phone. Hello? 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 So I'm at Taco Bell. I'm like, okay, what do I do with this? What just happened, right? So I look at my brother-in-law across the table, and I said, I don't know what just happened. She's not answering her phone. I think she got in a wreck. Let's go. And can I tell you, uh, I'm a pretty slow driver. Like, I drive five miles on the speed limit, sometimes 10. Most of the fights in the car are about how slow I drive. But it didn't really matter what the speed limit was that day because I had to get to where I had to get there was no speed limit that was going to be in my way, okay? Now, there were stop signs and stoplights, and I behaved myself and all those things, right? But I want you to know I had to break rules in order to get where I needed to be for the one that I cared about. And I want you to know Jesus had to break all sorts of rules. He broke all sorts of rules for us and for the world, and for those that even are never going to know who he is or never going to know him like we know him, right? And that's why we love him. We love him because he first loved us. What did Jesus do? He broke rules. He did. Do we break rules if it's necessary? <laughs> but I think it's not, not rules that would bring harm to us or other people, but I think it's rules that we set up in our own lives. Amen? So let me pray for you guys. Uh, we got one more for next week. Um, the thing I'm going to talk about next week, just so you know, is um, it's constantly the question that I hear about with grace is, what do we do now? Right? Like, what do we do now? You might know the acronym for that. Um, what do we do now? Right? What, now that we got this grace, do we look out for people? Do we evangelize? Do we, what do we do? I don't know what to do. Maybe I don't do anything. And that's what we're going to talk about. But... Anyways, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you, God, for this day. You can lift your hands with me. You can stand up if you want to. But, God, we lift our hands to you. We worship you this morning, God. We thank you, God, for speaking to each one. We thank you, God, for speaking to us and, and giving us wisdom, God, beyond our years. I thank you, God, that you're leading and guiding us and you're showing us the things that we're to do. Are we to do everything that you did? I don't think so, God. But I know, God, that you're going to show us the right things to do. You're going to show us the people to look out for. You're going to show us what rules we have to break in order to look out for people, to, in order to look out for the lost, in order to reach the lost. God, I, I thank you, God, that you're going to show us those things. We trust you and honor you today. And everybody said, amen.